SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. I'd like to welcome uh, Mrs. Nicoline Skuman Lowe, who's the founder and managing director of Skuman Law Incorporated Attorneys. Thank you very much for joining us, Nicoline. Thank you so much for having me, as always. So we are talking sexual harassment in the workplace. And I think this is a very relevant topic because um, from the end of, well, the beginning of today, there's been a lot of talks of uh, a political leader who has uh, been accused of sexual harassment in the workplace. And uh, there's there's just too much talk about this in private and public spaces. Let, uh, first, let's unpack what is the definition of sexual harassment so that we all understand it. Is it just if someone oversteps the boundaries and ends up ripping your shirt apart or could it be the subtle things as well? Well, I think first and foremost, it's important to remember that sexual harassment is very subjective as we would refer to it in law. It's about your own perspective as the victim And it's got a very wide definition. It's about unwanted sexual um, conduct. And conduct in that context meaning verbal, nonverbal, physical assault, of course, being the extreme version, rape. And of course, um, what we refer to as quid pro quo. In other words, where you exchange favors of a sexual nature for purposes of salary increase, for promotion, um, for maybe more favorable working terms, as the case may be. And of course, if you refuse those advances, but you see a colleague accepting those advances, who gets promoted and who, who is elevated in the employment environment, that is essentially also constituting sexual harassment. So it's not just those unwanted, and I think important, it's unwanted attention. It's verbal, it's nonverbal, it's conduct, it's physical contact. And of course, it could take the extreme forms, but it, could, it, it needs to have an, uh, an undertone of unwantedness. In other words, this is not acceptable behavior to me as the recipient, the victim, or perhaps the, um, the, the aggressor should know better. They should know that this is not acceptable. And, and that makes it a very broad concept and it makes it something that, that we grapple with. And I think in many instances, victims question themselves thinking, but is it this bad? Am I not overreacting? And perhaps that that stems from a a very deep-seating problem in our society that we question ourselves when we think, maybe I'm, I'm not the victim, maybe I'm overreacting. So I think listeners should be very aware of the fact that there's a broad definition to this. And the point is that it's unwanted. And either unwanted because you've indicated that or because the person who is doing this, or persons in the plural, should know that this is unwanted. 
So because it's in the workplace and sometimes the sexual harassment would come from the top down, um, how do we then best make sure that we start vocalizing to say, I don't like the sort of attention you're giving me. I feel harassed. Do we go to the perpetrator straight um, according to the law or should we be going to their senior or directly to law enforcement? Well, um, as a general rule of thumb, you need to exhaust all your internal remedies first before you seek external assistance, whether that takes the form of a CCMA referral or a labor court referral or even higher up than that. If it's, if it's violent in, in case of physical assault, then, of course, there's a criminal component to this. But, of course, if that's happened to you, my advice wouldn't be for you to exhaust internal remedies first, right? If there's been a physical assault, and let's be very clear, we're talking about sexual assault, we're talking about rape, then you should report it to your um, local SAPS office. And, you know, the problem is in the workplace environment, as you've said, it's often the manager or the employer who's the guilty party. So first point of departure, number one to any listener, seek advice. Remember, this is a tough situation and you'll need that support. You'll need the support of someone who will know their way around the process. You are in an emotional space. You are upset, rightfully so. And it's important for you to seek professional guidance, first and foremost. Secondly, to look at your internal policies. What does it detail? If you feel sexual, sexual harassment is a problem, um, remember we've mentioned that it could be physical, it could be verbal or nonverbal. It could take many forms. It could take the form that you are refusing these advances and you are not progressing in your career as a result of it. That is also sexual harassment. It just takes a different form. So first and foremost, you need to look at the policy that your employer has in place. And of course, the CCMA has published certain guidelines that employers need to follow. And one of the key things is to establish formal and informal procedures in order for these things to be addressed in a confidential, expedient, and efficient manner. And if you feel that is not happening and you've gone through that process, you do have recourse within 30 days of the finding internally to refer to the CCMA and you can also refer it to the Labour Court if similarly at the CCMA you feel you haven't received the recourse you seek. So it's important for you to stay calm, seek advice, look at the internal processes, and of course the degree of what has happened to you will depend on what you do next. So if nothing else comes from our discussion, I urge listeners, sexual harassment is a massive problem in our country. And I urge you, if you're a victim, please seek advice. Please don't stay quiet. If you stay quiet, it can happen to someone else. Nicolene, how far back can one date a claim? Well, if we're talking about referring a workplace issue to the CCMA, you've mm-hmm. got 30 days. Only 30 after days. After exhausting your internal remedies. So if, if you go to the CCMA and you get an unfavorable ruling, you have 30 days to go to the labor court.
But if you've been raped or if there's been a criminal element to a sexual assault, not just rape, also sexual assault, then there's no time barring on going to your local SAPS office and pursuing through the criminal justice system. So there's no time limit, but if you're going via the CCMA or the Department of Labor, then that's where you have to be cognizant of time. Because, I mean, the, the, the particular case of uh, one of the politicians who's mm. serving in the public space, um, who was then, you know, accused of um, mm. sexual harassment in the workplace, this case is dating back to 2019. And it depends what happened. And of course, we are digging into the details here, mm. but it depends on the degree of the de- the abuse, essentially, that has happened. So, if there's been a if there's criminality, there's no time barring. So, again, if you feel you've been a victim, don't think, "Oh, my 30 days have passed." Rather, seek advice. Again, as I say, it's important for us to deal with this issue head on in our country particularly if we are going to take a stance against abuse of our vulnerable groups, women and children. We've heard this. It's important and it starts not only in the home place environment, it extends to our workplaces. We need to have safe environments for our, for our citizens to move in, to, to thrive in, to work in. Very it's important. True. Very true. Let me go to uh, Nathan. Chief Nathan, good evening. Patricia, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you, Atima? Okay. Okay, I wanted to ask this point about sexual harassment. Um, it means say that he, I'm the boss. Eh? Um, I'm Benzito, I'm the boss. I've seen a beautiful Patricia started to work where I'm working from, but I'm the boss. Then I started to propose her the first day. She said no. The second day, no. The third day, no. But in your sense, I know that this lady, she has not uh, strings attached to whereby she's not married, she doesn't have maybe boyfriend, whatever. But I push my effort to see that I can win her heart so that I can marry her. I push it more than 10 times. Can that one be characterized as an sexual harassment or not? All right, I'll... Allow Nicolene as an attorney to respond to that one. But uh, Chief Nathan, if yes, I was the one in those shoes, I would consider that a sexual harassment. If you're pushing, those are the words you're using, and you're not doing it once, not twice, but about 10 times, how I, as a victim, would feel mm. harassed because it would make it uncomfortable for me to come to work. It would make it uncomfortable for me to come and report anything to you as my boss. So I would definitely but see it, it like that. Oh, but okay, let okay. me allow Nicolene, yeah? Before you finish, let me say this, Madam Patricia. Please, if you call me, if I push it approximately 10 times, and you call me, you say that, let us sit down here. You let me know that, please, uh, Nathan, I have somebody whom I'm going to marry, whatever. Before you go to the court, but if I keep on pushing after t- sitting down with you and you told me each and every thing, there you can go to the court or you can go somewhere to report me. But before you, you report me, you didn't tell me anything. 
I'm interested because you know that if we are proposing any lady the first time, second time, she can't agree. Mm-mm, she mm-mm, might say, me first Chief, Chief this Nathan, to Chief Nathan, that is the yes, mentality we need to uproot and remove. A no is a no. If a person says, I'm not interested in you, it's a no. Don't push them. That, but have you ever seen for anybody me personally, no, for me personally, we should not. No, Chief Nathan, for me personally, we should change the way things were done. Sometimes a person will be strong armed. I know women who end up marrying men because they were they, they were harassed into those marriages. They were threatened that I will kill you if you are not with me. No, no, we've had an eight, no, but it it does. We've had an eighteen <laughs> who called in here and said I killed my my fiance because she no, no, no longer no, no, wanted no. to be my wife and hey, she wanted one. to go away. You remember? So we and knows a no, Chief Nathan. Do not, uh, from, this is from Patricia, not from a legal attorney, especially in the workplace. If I say no, I'm not interested in you and I don't feel comfortable with this, I don't have to explain myself whether I'm married or whatever it is. A no is a no, Chief Nathan. Let's go to the law, okay? Let's find out from Nicolene. Nicolene, I'm getting a bit passionate here because my name was used as an example. Um, but with the scenario that Chief Nathan gave us, what is the response? Well, from a legal perspective, remember the underlying requirement in the definition is unwanted. And unwanted is obviously, in terms of how we understand the word, means no, or it's, it's not responded in, in the affirmative. In other words, if someone is silent, they don't say no, but it's, they are silent, it doesn't mean that their silence is affirmation or agreement. So... If you repeat your question 10 times or your proposition 10 times and you have no favorable outcome, I think about the third attempt would have indicated to you, regardless of whether the person came to you with a reason for why they are not wanting to um, take you up on your offer, so to speak, that there's no necessity for that. If the person hasn't agreed, then there's no presumption in law that your silence is agreement. So just put in a different way, I do concur with you, Patricia. It's, it's really, we, we need to change the narrative. And if someone, in, especially in a workplace context where there's romantic gestures, even if they are well intended, if there's no response, there's no reason given to reject the proposition, then... Um, the no response is not necessarily an open door to renegotiation. There's a very clear line, um, and I think we should keep our personal components personal or personal aspects of our lives personal and and the workplace separate to that. Mm -hmm. And I know it's difficult if there are personal relationships intertwined in that scenario, but if you choose to have a personal relationship in the workplace, especially if you're someone in a superior position, you have that much more responsibility to ensure that those advances cannot be misconstrued and that they are not unwanted. I definitely, so I yeah. would caution Nathan against this approach. Yeah, and and I think we've seen a lot of this where where um, people who are in high authority uh, in the workplace would want to entice those who are their subordinates and want to get favors and feel that they 
They own them just because I'm on your payslip. No, no, no. Well, uh, Simpiwe in Orlando in Soweto says, sometimes there is no tone of unwantedness, mostly arrangements that went wrong and the other party decides to spill the beans to get at the other party. So avoid romantic relationships at work unless they are meaningful. Uh, never mind avoiding it. People should know that no is no. Um, we, yeah, Absolutely. And 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 legally, these processes have we seen workplace harassment cases winning in the courts? Yes, we we have. But remember, it becomes a very trying. And I think in 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 if in my personal opinion, we don't see many cases being reported for the very simple reason that victims are concerned that their behavior will be placed under magnifying glass. You know, those times where they were possibly receptive to these advances when they perhaps thought these were innocent or friendly before it escalated would somehow be brought up and almost turn against them. So often the classic example of the girl that went out in a very, um, for lack of a better phrase, sexy outfit and she gets sexually assaulted or raped the mentality of I did this, I caused this I think in in my experience many victims feel that they've contributed something to what has happened to them Mm. and therefore they simply resign or they don't speak about it, they don't report it, they don't go through the internal processes and of course You also get people who perhaps um, are aggrieved about something else and there was a personal relationship of some sort and then this personal relationship becomes packaged in an untoward way and then an innocent person gets accused of something as serious as sexual harassment. And let's be honest, whether you are guilty or innocent, there's a stigma attached to that accusation and and we do need to we do need to speak about that because as much as there are victims that are silent as much as there is a movement that we need to create towards dignity and a focus on giving people dignity and equality within all spheres of our society and protecting people against sexual harassment and similar situations We also need to talk about false accusations and what that does to an innocent person. Very true. Very true. Sure. So in my view, the best advice I can give listeners is to ensure, regardless of how big or small your company or your business is, make sure you have a sexual harassment policy in your human resources policies. Make sure that you have a stance on relationships at work that they perhaps need to be reported in between colleagues. Perhaps you need to take a stance on, we don't recommend it. And if there is a relationship that potentially as an employer, you need to counsel the couple. And I'm speaking from an employer's perspective. If some of your employees choose to have a relationship with one another, it could potentially result in an accusation, false or not, or there could be an environment wherein this could happen in your workplace. So I think as employers, we have it quite tough moving away from the point 
that the employer or the manager may be the aggressor, mm. may be the transgressor in this context. You, if, if you manage a group of people, you need to have a position on having romantic relationships in the workplace. And whether you do not allow it, or if it still happens, even though you say you don't allow it, what is your process to ensure that you don't create an environment for this to happen? Uh, Nicolene, thank you very much for joining us. And I think you've unpacked this issue of uh, sexual harassment in the workplace quite well. Um, could you kindly give us your website uh, for your uh, law firm, which is um, Schumann Law Incorporated Attorneys, so that people can be able to get in touch with you should they need assistance around this? Absolutely. Potential victims, even if you're not sure if you're a victim, please contact us. If you're an employer and you're seeking to create a healthy working environment where everyone has dignity in your workplace, please contact us. We'll help you put together great policies to hopefully avoid any of this happening in your environment. Our website is www.skumanlaw.co.za. Thank you so very much, Nicolene. It's been a grateful and very informative session. Thank you so much for having me.